Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All of us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show from Gold. From being the second pick in the first NWSL draft to moving to Japan on her own in her early 20s, to watching one of the best to ever do it put in extra hours on the training ground. On today's show, we will be talking to forward Tiffany McCarty, who plays for Breitablik in Iceland and has been mixing it up with the likes of PSG and Real Madrid in this season's Women's Champions League. My name is Seth Fratelny. Welcome to All of Us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show. Joining me today, as always, Amy Ruskai. Amy, how's it going? Yeah, good, good. How are you? Doing well. Very excited about our interview today with Tiffany McCarty. Uh, She's got a very interesting backstory. She's experienced a lot in her professional career, and she's still got plenty of years ahead of her, it seems. Uh, She was the second overall pick in 2013 in the first ever NWSL college draft, selected by the Washington Spirit, her hometown team. She went on to play for the Houston Dash and FC Kansas City in the NWSL. During her NWSL spell, she also spent some time playing in Japan. After leaving NWSL, she played in Norway. And then a couple of years ago, she moved to Iceland, where she is currently playing at Breitablik. They are in this season's UEFA Women's Champions League. They have already played powerhouses like Real Madrid and PSG. And Tiffany has a a unique perspective on the game, having played in in so many different locations, having come up through the U.S. Youth National Team system, having played at Florida State. Uh, Very interesting guest, and we are excited for this week's interview. So let's bring Tiffany on the show now. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on today. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> As mentioned, you are currently at Breitablik in Iceland. Uh, you just won the Icelandic Cup. You are currently competing in the Champions League, where you've recently played against PSG and Real Madrid. Uh, how are you finding it all? How's how's Iceland? 
Well, first of all, playing in Champions League has been kind of like a dream come true. You know, every footballer wants to play in the Champions League. So that in itself has been really nice. And then for us to get to this stage and play teams like PSG and Real Madrid has been like a really great experience and like a good learning curve for us all. Um, as far as Iceland, it's beautiful here. I really love it here. I haven't seen half of the things in Iceland yet, so I still have a lot more to see, but it's beautiful here. I did a piece on the team just before you, you played PSG and I was speaking to Ulfa who, you know, is obviously working at the club and he was talking about how wild it is that, I mean, your pre-season for this season started last October, right? I mean, what has it been like playing Champions League literally 12 months after your season started? For me, I was playing with a different club last year. So I went all the way till November and then I came back here like the beginning of this year. So it's been kind of like a up and down thing for me. But as far as the team, um, like they start back preseason in January. So it's kind of a long preseason. Their preseason is really, really long. And they have some like preseason tournaments and things that go along with that. But it, it's a long preseason for sure. You've been in Iceland now for a couple of years. Um, it seems to be a really popular destination for American players. Uh, this year, there were 21 Americans in the league across 10 teams. Um, why did it appeal to you? And why do you think it's been appealing for so many American players to play in Iceland? Well, for starters, it was appealing for me um, because I was just coming out of the NWSL and I was looking for an environment that was trying to challenge me. Um, I have like some former teammates who, um, who are Icelandic. So I knew a little bit about the league and they spoke highly of it. And so when I got here, I kind of realized that the level was actually a, a good level for me to play at and for me to get better. So that's personally me, why I came to Iceland and then came back again for another year. But I think um, Americans come here because it's just it's a good level to play at. It's surprisingly a good level because it's such a small country. So I, I think it's kind of like a hidden gem of like playing overseas. Yeah, and you, you mentioned there that you said it would um, improve you and you felt the level was good to improve you. What sort of improvements have you noticed within yourself because of the league? I have learned to play against like different types of players. Like in the league, there are some players who are more technical, some players who are good with the ball. And I think it's a little bit different than the U.S. league. Everyone is all like very athletic, very strong, powerful, and, and I can get better based off of that. I want to go back to the beginning of your career. Um, you had a really successful college career at Florida State. Um, you were the second overall draft pick in 2013 in the first NWSL draft. Uh, take us back to the period after your college career when you're preparing for the draft and the draft itself. What was that process like for you? You know, What do you remember about draft day? It must have been extra exciting because... Not only was it the chance for you to enter professional soccer, but it was the chance for you to enter professional soccer in this brand new league. Yeah. Um, wow. That's taken me back like yeah. <laughs> seven, eight years. Um, yeah, it was the first time like the league was like the startup of the league. I was kind of shocked that I was number two. So mm -hmm. I was like really excited for that, but I actually didn't go to the draft. I like when I was in the draft, it wasn't that popular to go to the draft and, you know, be there. I think there was only three or four players in my draft class who actually went there. So it wasn't really that 
popular to go there. They just watch it online and then celebrate with the family. If not, try and go to like a preseason tryout or something like that. But yeah, I think I was back at school when I um, saw the draft and I was just with my friends. And when you sort of, you know, you say that you, you didn't expect to get drafted as high as you did. Like, can you, when do you start to realize, you know, where you might be chosen, like how high and when do you start to have that kind of conversation as, as the draft goes on? Um, I remember before the draft, I did have a few phone calls with a couple of teams um, and it was just kind of basic information. They were just asking me, you know, like, would you want to come here? Would you? And I, obviously I said yes to all of them. I wanted to, to play in the league. Um, but mine came pretty fast because I was number two. So I knew the player going, which is the Kia Bywaters. We were really good friends. So I was like really excited. And then I saw my name next and I was like, well, okay. So, so that was the thing that I was thinking of, like, I got to get myself ready so I can compete at this level. And from there, I had a few months to get ready for preseason and the rest speaks for itself. Early on in your NWSL career, um, did you have any moments where you looked around and you saw some of the players that you were playing with and you kind of had to to pinch yourself and say, like, this is real, like, I'm really out here with this player or that player? Um, was there anybody in particular that you remember being just super excited to play with or play against? And what was that experience like? Yeah, um, we played Portland and... Christine Sinclair was on the team and I was so starstruck. I was like, we're playing against Christine Sinclair. Like I, I couldn't believe it. And I was, I mean, I was 23 at the time, but I was just so like starstruck. I remember talking on the phone with one of my friends and she had to kind of like bring me back down to, to earth. And she's like, yeah, but you're googly eyed over <laughs> the other players. Like you have to play against them. And so, like, I quickly got out of that, but I just remember when I first got the lead, I was like, by that. Yeah, I mean, did you did you go up to her, ask her, and ask her for a shirt or, or anything like that, or were you in no, professional mode by the time you got back? No, way too shy. All of us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show from Goal. Get the latest news and views on the U.S. Women's National Team and the NWSL on Goal. All of us. The U.S. Women's Soccer Show from Goal. Find more U.S. Women's Soccer news and opinion on Goal. You've played with some really top strikers in your career, in, in at least in your um, in your NWSL career. Um, you know, kind of looking through the players that you played with, some names stand out like Jess McDonald and Sydney and Larue. Were there any players that you particularly learned a lot from? And, you know, what was it like kind of picking the brain of, of, of strikers like that? I mean, yeah, I've played with a lot of really, really good players. Um, I think kind of the most memorable was when I was in Houston. I played with Carly Lloyd for a year. And I just remember watching her after practice, just doing fitness for like 20, mi- 20 minutes after practice. And I was just just remember just like what just watching her like wow like she has national team camp in two days and she's running fitness after our training where we had fitness run already so I think um there's been a lot of different environments where I've seen different types of players but I think that when I was in Houston I really kind of watched Mm -hmm. to see what it was to be a professional 
the things that you have to do to like maintain that level because everyone like talks about getting there but it's hard to maintain that when you're actually in the league yeah that must that must say something to the younger players who are just kind of trying to make their mark in the league where you see an established star like Carly Lloyd, like maybe she doesn't even necessarily have to do all that extra work, but she's out there every single day grinding off train grinding after training. And it, it must say something to, to everybody else on the team being like, all right, well, if, if Carly's going to do this, then I, I guess nobody is, is too big for this kind of extra work. For sure. And you can never stop getting better. Like I, think what's stuck with me with her is there's no age limit for growth there's no age limit for improving yourself at all so yeah that was something that stuck with me one thing that that caught my eye as well sort of early in your career was you had a little spell in japan didn't you i mean can you talk to us about that like what was that like at that time obviously they'd just been in the world cup final and won it they were going to be in another world cup final like it was like a such a great time for Japanese women's soccer. When I went there, it was 2013. That was my first uh, stint there because I went there twice in 2013 and 2014. And 2013, I was just so in awe. Like the environment was exactly what I needed. Just like working on technical work, passing, like just being around different types of players. And obviously the league, in my opinion, wasn't the most physically but it was the one that would pick your brain. Like you had to use different parts of your game to stay with the other players in the league. And I remember after every practice, there was like 30 minutes where everyone just worked on technical work, everyone. (laughs) And so I kind of attribute that to um, me getting better, like clinically finishing, uh, like after 2013, because I worked on it a lot when I was uh, with my Japanese team. And it was just really exciting to see them kind of get the respect that they deserve um, because a lot of those players, I mean, it's common overseas, but they have jobs and they, they, they work really hard to maintain their technical abilities. And I think that's really respectable. Aside, aside from the on the pitch life too, you know, living in Japan in your early twenties, you know, I'm, I'm sounds like it was maybe your first time living overseas. You know, what, what was that like? Oh, it was the first time I lived by myself, which was great. Um, I got to explore a little bit, like the town that I was living in was a very small town. So I kind of got to explore like restaurants and try new food. And that was the first time that I obviously was living overseas somewhere, not just going somewhere for a week or something like that for um, like a national team camp. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed it. And I got to meet um, different people. I just like was riding a bike and going to restaurants and just trying to use Google Translate to try and learn some Japanese. But um, that was, yeah, that was a really nice experience. I was able to go to Tokyo as well and go to SeaWorld, I believe. So that was fun. <laughs> but yeah, I love their culture. You've you've played in quite a, a lot of different leagues as well. I mean, you, you played in Norway and obviously you're in Iceland, Japan, the NWSL. I mean, do you know, how, how do you kind of compare the, the qualities of the different leagues and, and what they brought to, I guess, your game? Yeah, I think all of the different leagues has helped my game in certain areas. Like when I went to Japan, it was the technical aspect. When I went to Norway, it was more of league is really physical there, actually. And I was really kind of surprised by it. So I had to like, find different ways to get around my defenders. 
And that really was really challenging. And my, my team was kind of at the bottom half of the league. So I had to kind of perform more than I was used to. And that obviously was a different role for me. Um, so that challenged me as well. And then in Iceland, I think as far as right now, I'm playing kind of the most free as I've ever played in my career. And I think it's because I'm a little bit older and I have more experience and a lot of miles in my career at this point. But um, I think, yeah, Iceland has really just helped with my confidence and just playing kind of free, which I think is necessary. You've kind of had a, a front row seat to the growth of women's soccer in Europe over the last few years, um, not only just playing in Norway and Iceland, but now this year you've had the chance to to come up against teams like like PSG and Real Madrid, who seem to be investing a lot more money now than they have in the past. And obviously we know that those, those teams have significant financial resources. Um, so I'm just wondering kind of how you viewed the growth of women's soccer in Europe in general and, and how you see the growth continuing over the next few years. If more of these big clubs like PSG and Madrid and Barcelona, et cetera, et cetera, decide to really invest heavily on the women's side. Yeah. Um, I think that even with my club, the growth that they've had in the last 10 years, like if you speak to players from 10 years ago, like the club has really changed the, the women's game. And the way, I think it really starts from the way that you treat the women in general. So you can start with basic things like access to the same type of facilities, access to the locker room, access to just like basic needs and then go from there, which I think that my club has done a really, really good job. Um, they treat us very well and they treat us the exact same that they treat the men like there's nothing that the men get that we don't get so there's it's it's split half and half it's not the men get 80 percent and then the women get 20 percent that's that's a like less of an investment for the women and so my club they do 50 50 and i think that that's great as far as clubs in europe i think even look at real madrid they have just come on the scene and Put I feel like both Barcelona and Real Madrid have put the Spanish league like who knew the Spanish league was that was that tough? <laughs> you know, they've really kind of put it on the map. And I think it goes because of the investment that they put on the women's side. So I think if you keep pushing for that, maybe then us part time teams can kind of trickle over to being a full time professional. And so maybe in 10 years, we'll see that in Iceland. We'll, not, we'll never know. And what is what is the reaction of the public been like um, in Iceland to to the women's game? Um, you know, the men's game has has grown in popularity over the last decade or so as well, with the success of the the men's national team. But uh, you know, what 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 kind of reaction have you got from fans in Iceland? Do you feel like you're kind of growing more and building more fans on the women's side now as well? Yeah, especially in Copenhagen, they are gung ho fans for both men and women. But now, because we're in Champions League, like our first home game against PSG, the support was really, really crazy. It was, that's probably one of the best atmospheres that I've been in in a really long time. Um, so that also goes a long way as well, having supporters and fans and just feeling like you're in a professional environment um, goes a really long way. And 
people nice and are really proud of us as well. So that goes a long way as well. You you mentioned at the top of the show how you know it was it was a dream for you to play in the Champions League. Um, it seems to be quite a draw for a lot of American players because you know it's it's unique to Europe and a lot of people like to go to to Europe to experience that. Um, how big a part was that in in you leaving the NWSL a couple of years ago? Like, do you know why? What were the reasons behind you wanting to to go find a new challenge? Yeah. So my last year that I was in the NWSL, it didn't really go as planned, and I I wasn't really happy with the direction that my career was going. So just talking to my family and my agent, seeing what like my my options were overseas was probably the best bet for me. And so then when Iceland came up, I had a lot of conversations and I was just like, okay, like I just need, I just need to do it. And so then I had a really good experience my first year in Iceland and then I came back and um, obviously Breidablik is a very strong team and they're top of the table. And when I found out that they were going to be in Champions League because I played in the league last year, I was like, I would be a fool not to try this. There's no way I'm not like not trying this. Um, and then Champions League came this year and we are doing really, really well. So kind of, kind of just worked out. In the NWSL right now, there is a ton of focus on all of these abuse scandals. There seems to be kind of a reckoning in the women's game, not just in the NWSL, but worldwide in terms of bringing some attention to these abusive figures in the game and the systems in which they operate. What has been your reaction watching everything unfold uh, back home? And, and, you know, has, were any of the revelations a surprise to you? Well, first and foremost, um, there was things that I was aware of um, that went, that came out. And then there were things that I was not aware of um, that came out. And it was for me, because I'm really removed from the league right now. Um, it was really surreal. A lot of those things I have experienced. And then there were even more things that I didn't know that I haven't experienced. And so just looking at the league, I'm really proud of the players for first like speaking up about it because I thought that not some of this stuff would never come to light. And that I was thinking about it the other day, like that is really scary to think that like things can happen to you and you just going about your life thinking that no one is going to care and no one is going to even address it. And so for me, I'm just kind of like a proud mom and outside thinking like, wow, someone's going to do something about all of these things that have happened for since, you know, 2013, since the league started. And um, also something has stuck out for me is players who have been more vocal about things that have happened, not just this year, but like in the past. And people are, you know, their voices are being heard from years ago. And I think that that is an amazing thing. And it is very powerful. And I'm not even in the U.S. League. And I'm here like feeling a lot of the same emotions that the players there are feeling. So that was kind of my reactions to all of that. Um, I hope that it continues. I hope that the players get more rights and they're able to have more power in where they can go. And it's not just the powers left to the teams, which I think is a big issue. Because even 
you know, for me, say I wanted to go play back in the U.S. League, the team would still own my rights. So I can't do anything until the team that um, I was originally on um, the last time I was in NWSL until they said I could go and do something, you know, so, and that doesn't really make any sense to me. So, yeah, I'm hoping that all of this kind of sparks change in the right direction. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess for you in, in your future now, you know, you, you played in Japan, Norway, Iceland, you know, had stints in the NWSL. Are there any experiences you still really want to have that are out there? I know you said you've not seen all of Iceland yet. Um, do you see yourself returning to the US at all? Are you just excited for, for what is lying ahead with, with Breda Blake in particular? Yeah, I think that I've had kind of like a wild and crazy unexpected ride with Bradovic and I'm really happy riding this way with them. Um, I obviously have a lot more in my career that I, you know, want to accomplish and I'm not quite sure, you know, where I want to take it as far as like the location of the team. Um, I haven't quite really figured that out yet, but I know that I have a lot more playing days left. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm at right now. Okay, and we want to end with some quick fire questions. So I'm just going to ask you a question and don't think too hard. Just say whatever comes to mind. Um, so let's start with best player you've played with. Megu Kamionobe. Toughest opponent. Estelle Johnson. Favorite goal. College Cup. I believe it was 2012, my last college game. We scored like in the last 10 seconds of um, the semifinal against Penn State. Favorite game? The Empress Cup final um, in 2013 in Japan. Favorite off-pitch experience that has got you through football? <laughs> Hiking in, um, in Iceland. <laughs> Love it. Must be very scenic. Um, very. <laughs> Yeah, lots of glaciers, so I've seen. Mm -hmm. um, last question, which experience playing abroad has shaped you the most? I would say Japan, playing in Japan. Um, yeah, I was by myself with no real English speakers. I had only a few that I could come into contact with, and I really learned a lot about myself during that time. Tiffany McCarty, thank you so much for coming on the show, and best of luck in this season and moving forward. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. That was Tiffany McCarty. I have to admit, Amy, after she named the best player that she's played with, we had to get on Wikipedia and figure out who this person was because neither of us were familiar with her work. And now I, I feel like we probably should have been. Yeah. I mean, I think after she, after she mentioned sort of watching Carrie Lloyd and, and been so like, you know, amazed with the work she put in. It was kind of like, oh, she, you know, she might say Carrie Lloyd for that question. But yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. I loved that. It was a little bit left field and it was great. Yeah. Megumi Kamionobe, uh, I hope I'm saying that somewhat correctly, has played her entire career with Alborex Nagata, the Japanese team that Tiffany played with in 2013. Um, she has earned 34 caps for Japan. She was a member of the World Cup winning team in 2011. And she's played her entire career with Alborex Nagata starting in 2006. So 
this is clearly a club legend and and we went and found some highlights on YouTube and found her scoring a ridiculous scissor kick goal. Let's all get familiar with Megumi a little bit more than we have been in the past, because I, I think that she's a, she's a name that clearly is worth knowing in the, in the soccer world. Yeah. I mean, I feel aggrieved on her behalf now that, you know, she didn't sort of star in the, the world cup in 2011, just played one game. So yeah, I'm aggrieved on her behalf. Yeah, I mean, if Tiffany is anything to go by, she's obviously a better player than Carly Lloyd, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of Carly Lloyd, yeah, definitely an, some interesting anecdotes about her time in, in Houston. Um, you know, Carly kind of has this reputation as as being so focused and always about working as hard as possible and grinding away and always getting better, but you know, the, the, the reputation is earned for a reason. And, and certainly what, what Tiffany said would kind of go along with what everybody sort of thinks about when they think about Carly Lloyd and her work ethic. Yeah, for sure. I think it was nice to get a, um, a perspective of one of the, there's so many Americans in the, in Europe at the moment too. Like not just, you know, you, you think of Americans in Europe and you, you think of Katarina Macario at Lyon, but like, there are players in like Lithuania and Kazakhstan, like you know, playing Champions League football and winning league titles. So it was quite cool to to hear why why people are kind of going out there and and trying this this new stuff. Yeah, I have to admit, I was I was definitely surprised to hear twenty one Americans are playing in Iceland right now. It definitely says something for the quality of life there, for the quality of the league, and you know, as Tiffany said, it, it sounds like. It's only it's only getting better and and it's really starting to kind of make a mark with the with the fans in Iceland. And this beautiful country. Yeah. Uh, she can go hike a glacier. Exactly. Who wouldn't want to do that in their off time? Let's 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 wrap it up there. Um, thank you once again for listening. Um, as a reminder, we always appreciate ratings, reviews, and subscriptions wherever you get your podcast. And we will be back and speak with you next week. All of us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show from Goal. Get the latest news and views on the U.S. Women's National Team and the NWSL on Goal.